Well, welcome to Hope, everyone. If you are watching online, we just wanna say a very special thank you to you. Thank you for continuing to check in week after week. We know we've been doing this now for, uh, for several months. And uh, here's what uh, basically happens. We've got people watching from all over the triangle, people watching literally around the country and, and around the world. And so we're so, so grateful for you. We record on a weekly basis. We kind of put the whole service together and then we make sure that it is ready for you to watch at the weekend time that you are watching but today is a little bit different. In fact, today we are recording at our very first Thursday Night Live. We have our first live crowd in months, and uh, we are so excited to have you guys here with us. It is, it's absolutely amazing. When, when you speak as part of your job, right, one of your biggest nightmares is that by the time you are done talking, that the room is gonna be empty. And uh, we now for the last four months have started with the room empty. And so it has been a, a painful, painful experience. And so we're so glad that you guys are here. It's so great to see so many familiar faces. Now, let me just go back to the people online just for a second, because if all you heard was what, it's live, don't go to your campuses, because it's not. There's nobody at your campus right now. This is a Thursday night that we're recording this, but uh, we do wanna let you know you can be a part of that. You can get tickets. You can come join us at our Thursday night uh, recordings. We're doing everything to keep everybody safe, all following all the precautions. And um, they say there's a, a drinking game where when a certain word is, is said that, that you take a drink, I know we've never heard of anything like that. And I know none of you have ever done it. Some of you are struggling making eye contact with me right now, but we're gonna redeem that. Here's what we're gonna do. Every time I say Jesus, you guys get your hand sanitizer out and you sanitize away and we're gonna be, we're gonna be as safe as we can. Now, we are continuing on in our series called Obstacle Course. And here's kind of the premise of this series. Uh, we're talking about as we're on our journey, we realize that as we discover our purpose, as we discover our potential in God's kingdom, that we're going to encounter obstacles, right? We're gonna run into speed bumps, we're gonna face walls and, and barriers and all kinds of things in our life. And, and if Chase, what he taught us in week one, if it's true, and, and I believe it is, God's primary means of, of expanding his kingdom is you. His primary means of expanding his kingdom is, is me. And so God uses these obstacles in our lives to develop us, to grow us, so that we can be maximized, so that we can do the most and have the greatest impact possible in this earth. Now, about eight years ago, Laura and myself, a group of friends, we did a, a rugged maniac race. And if you're not familiar with it, it's basically, it's a, a running race that Marines show up and they set up an entire obstacle course on, on the racetrack. And as if running isn't hard enough, right? You've got Marines making it even more difficult for you. And so the race started, I think the first thing that we ran into is we had to actually crawl in a tunnel, not much bigger than me, underground and come out the other side. I know some of you are already like, nope, I'm done, right? Like I, I wouldn't, would not do that. Uh, we had to wade through kind of the swampy pond kind of thing that was about waist high. We had to climb over all kinds of different obstacles that they had built. We ran through fire. And then one of the last ones that we did is that you got down on your hands and knees and army crawled through inches of mud under barbed wire that was grabbing your hair. Well, not my hair, but other people's maybe. And as we went through, I mean, it was, it was a literally very intense thing. Now, as Laura and I were preparing to run it, we decided we were gonna run together. And uh, I'm competitive, but my wife is even more competitive than I am. At some point, I, I tried to help her over one of the obstacles. She slapped me um, and said, don't touch me, don't help me. I, I've got this on my own. And when we got to the finish line, we were there shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, about to cross the line together. And at the very last second, she stuck her foot out so that she can claim she crossed 
before I did, right? Like this is what I've been stuck with for the last four months in quarantine, people. You need to be praying, praying for me. But at each one of these obstacles, here's what happened. There was a, a chance at each obstacle to opt out. If you got to an obstacle and, and you couldn't physically do it, whether it was maybe fear, maybe it was a physical limitation, maybe it was some kind of, a, of injury that happened during the race, you had the chance to take a shortcut, to go around the obstacle and then continue the race from there. See, I think we face those kind of obstacles every single day in our lives. The choices that, that we want to, to make to accomplish the goals and to accomplish the dreams that, that we have in our lives. Right? To do the things that we were made to do, whether it's getting into the college of your dreams or, or maybe the career that you've always wanted to be a part of. You started as, as cubicle boy or, or as intern boy, right? And moved up to cubicle boy and maybe then got an office and, and then maybe you became the CEO of the company. Maybe it's the family that you've always wanted. Maybe it's getting into the financial situation where, where you now have the freedom to be generous the way that you want to be generous. We all want to get to that place, right, to, to be an influencer or paid to play video games on YouTube, whatever that is, to get the results that we think we deserve, the results that we should have in our lives. But on the way, on the way, we're going to face obstacles. Right? We're going to be tempted to take shortcuts, to sometimes sacrifice the things that are most important for the things that are immediate, to do things, sometimes even the right things, but to do them in the wrong way or at the wrong time, to compromise in a way to get somewhere quicker or to avoid the pain or maybe to avoid the sacrifice. Andy Stanley told a story once of a group in Chicago that uh, were doing an experiment on some children and, and um, in a good way, they were allowed to, and, and they wanted to see if there was a correlation between, um, between a delayed gratification temptation, right? Was there a correlation between how kids reacted when they were kids to when they were in high school to when they were young adults? And so they wanted to see that. And you know the kind of experiment, right, where they put, they put kids in a room by themselves and there's just a camera in there and then they introduce something. They bring in a, a plate with a, a, a fresh chocolate chip cookie on it. And they tell the kids, hey, you can eat the cookie now, but if you wait, there will be a reward, right? Maybe you'll get two cookies or, or whatever that might be. And so they put these kids in the room and they waited. And you've seen the videos, right, where they, those kids, they get their head down like on the table, like right next to the cookie and they're like, Right? They're like smelling it or, or they're touching the cookie and then touching their mouth and touch it. Or, or some of them just pick it up and they just lick it, right? Like they're just like, I didn't eat the cookie. I'm just, I'm just licking it. Now we know that some will get to the place, right? Where, where they just, they just don't care. Like they just eat the cookie. They're not worried about the reward. They're not worried about um, what may come later. But for others, for others, they fought hard against that temptation. They waited and they were rewarded. Well, here's the interesting thing. They discovered there really is a correlation between how you delay, if you're okay with delayed gratification, if you can fight that temptation when you were young, it, they often did it again when they were in high school and were still doing it when they were young adults. There's an understanding, right, of this delayed gratification that saying no to something now allows me to say yes to something even better later. And so if they didn't give in as kids, they typically didn't give in later on in life. If they, if they did give in as kids, well, they're the ones that we all have stories about from college, right? And so and some of you actually are those stories from college, and that's okay. We're not, we're not judging, well, maybe a little bit, but, but Andy then went on to explain that in those experiments, right, he, he actually started doing it with his kids at home. And so he brought his kids in one at a time, and he would give them a Skittle and told them, if you wait for a certain amount of time, I'll give you, I'll give you two Skittles. 
Well, he began to up the ante. He actually began to, to put the other kids in the room with the kids while they were being tested and gave them an entire bag of Skittles to eat in front of them. And, and here's the discovery that I think was very, very interesting. He said this, their ability to resist depended on how much they trusted their father to keep his promise. Let me read that again. Their ability to resist depended on how much they trusted their father to keep his promise. It came down to the question of, can I trust my father? See, we all face obstacles in our lives. We all face temptations to take a shortcut. Maybe for you, it's a temptation with food. Maybe it's in, in the context of relationships or, or your honesty or your finances, whatever it is. We know that there's always more at stake than what you think. See, in the moment, we think it's just a Skittle. It's, it's not that big of a deal. But in every temptation, there is a choice to give up the important for the immediate to do the right thing, but sometimes in the wrong way or at the wrong time. And so what if we could develop a, a new awareness? What if we could develop a, a new habit that would help us to, to remember that there's more at stake, to help us avoid taking those shortcuts in our lives and to remember that God, our Father, can be trusted in those moments when we face the temptations to take, to take shortcuts in our lives. There was an event that happened a couple thousand years ago and I think in this event, there's some things that can help us begin to eliminate those shortcuts in our lives. If you have your Bible, love for you to turn with me to Luke chapter four. If you're here live, we'll have it up on the side screens for those of you at home or watching online. We, you can go to our app and take the notes there. Let me just set up the context while you're turning. You turn to Luke four. Let me just read to you Matthew chapter three, just a couple verses about the baptism of Jesus. And it says this, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And so we've got God's up in heaven, right? And, he, and he's saying, that's my boy. Right? Like that, that, that's my son down there. And, and I've grown up, but my son, Ty, he played baseball and hockey and football and basketball, pretty much any sport there was. And so, so I've been around a lot of dads at those kind of games. And when their kid does something great, right? Like those dads are the ones that are taking the credit. They're like, that's my kid. I, I taught him that. They have other words for when their kids don't do so good. But I know those aren't the words that God would ever say. What God's saying here is he says, that's my son. That's my boy there. I, I'm so incredibly proud of him. And now we turn to Luke chapter four, verse one, and, and look what it says. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. And I know Chase unpacked this last week, but, but I want us just to make sure we grasp this. This was the very next thing that happened. I mean, right after his baptism, right, the Holy Spirit is leading him out in, into this wilderness. And I wonder if Jesus is, is kind of going like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dad, did I, did I do something wrong? I mean, a couple of hours ago, right? Like there was spotlights and there was doves and there was well-pleased and, and now you've dropped me off in, in this place, right? I don't wanna be, I'm all alone except for the devil here, right? And, and maybe you're thinking, yeah, that, that sounds confusing. I wonder if Jesus was, was a little confused by it. But see, God did this all the time. He did this in the life of Abraham. He did it in, in Moses and Elijah and Paul and the disciples. And so the spirit of God led Jesus to be tempted. Well, guess what? I mean, if, if Jesus went through this, then we can have that same understanding that we're going to have to go through these things ourselves. Let me give you just a couple truths real quick. One is, it's not a sin to be tempted, okay? And so if you're ever thinking, man, the, the temptations that I face, I, no, that, that's not a sin. 
Chase mentioned this in this series as well. Another truth, God doesn't tempt you. So the temptations that we face in our lives, they never come from God. But here's the other truth, is that he may lead you, he may even leave you at times in a place where you will be tempted. <laughs> that's fun, right? Like that, that's not fun. But, but I think this is, there's some funny moments in, in this. If you remember the Lord's Prayer, and if you're old like I am, right, we used to say this in, in school. For those of you that they're not familiar with it, Jesus, it's not really his prayer as much as he's teaching his disciples how to pray. And part of his prayer, Jesus taught them to say this, and lead us not into temptation. And I think Jesus really emphasized this line because he was like, dudes, I got led there, right? It was terrible. You need to make sure you say this line, lead me not into temptation. You don't want any part of that. Luke 4 verse 2 says that he ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. Verse three, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, then tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Now, this is the first of the three temptations that Jesus faced, but there's so much more to these temptations. In fact, a lot of scholars believe that every temptation that we will ever experience in our lives can all be found inside these three temptations that Jesus faced which means that if we can discover some insights, if we can gain some traction from these three temptations, it's gonna help us in the rest of our lives. Do you remember the scene in The Wizard of Oz? You remember when they're standing in front of, 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 of him, right? And, and they're shaking and, and they're scared and Toto goes over and he pulls the curtain back and, and there's a, a short little man that's standing back there, right? And, and do you remember what he says? Ignore the man behind the curtain, right? And, and all of a sudden they see back there and they realize, well, this isn't someone that's so great, right? He's not so powerful. There's nothing back there to be scared of. The same thing happens in our lives. When we begin to look behind the curtain, right? And we realize that our temptations, they don't have to be in control of our lives. The same thing happens when we see that, that we actually have the power to say no. See, here's what's important. When, when you and I discover the truth about temptation, it actually gives us the power to say no to those temptations in our lives. When Jesus came, when he died for our sins, he didn't die just to pay the penalty of our sin, but he actually came to break the power of sin in our lives, which means we can say no to the temptations that we face, that we can be set free from those habits, from those struggles, from the things that for many of us have had a grip on our lives for a long, long time. See, God gives us the power to avoid the shortcuts so that we don't miss out living the mission that God has called us to live. So let's take a look at the second temptation. Luke 4, beginning at verse 5, says this. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all of the kingdoms of the world. And we don't know exactly how this happened, right? The, the devil took him out. Maybe they walked out and, and walked up a hill in Jerusalem. But from my understanding, there's no, there's no mountain or hill high enough there to be able to see all of the kingdoms of the world. Maybe it was kind of like a, a Christmas carol where, where there was the ghost of Christmas past and present and future where they, they could see life as it was happening, but people couldn't see them. Maybe it was some kind of Star Trek beam me up thing, or, or maybe Satan's Apple TV just went into sleep mode and all those pictures of kingdoms, right? And things from around the world that we don't know where they are. Maybe that's what, what showed up. We don't exactly know what happened, but somewhere in here, he takes Jesus to see all of the kingdoms of the world. And I think this is very interesting. Have you ever been annoyed by someone who tells you a story that they've already told you before, right? And you're like, like, dude, you've already told me this story. Like, why are you telling me? I have to think that this is where Jesus is, right, at this point. Because he's like, I made all of this, right? I'm familiar with all of the kingdoms all around the world. Why are you showing me this? 
Here's what Satan said in these next verses, verse six. He said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. Maybe you're asking the question, why is this even a temptation for Jesus? I mean, if he made all of the kingdoms, right? I mean, if he's God and we, we believe he is, why would he even be tempted by this? Well, here's the answer. It's because this is one of the main reasons that Jesus came to earth for. This was part of Jesus' purpose. It's, it's, why, it's why he came here. See, when God created man, right? When he created everything, he, he said to him back in Genesis 1, he said this, everything on earth is under your authority. He said, Adam, I've created everything, but Adam, I'm putting you in charge of it all. In fact, I even want you to name all of the animals, right? And, and, and there's the joke that the, a bug flew by and Adam went fly, right? And God was like, okay, good, but be more creative than that, right? We, we can work on that. But this was God's plan from the very, very beginning, was that all of the earth was going to be under his authority. But then something happened, right? Sin entered into the picture. And Adam and Eve chose to do things their way instead of doing things God's way. And guess what one of the consequences was? They lost authority over everything on earth. And so when Satan told Jesus, I will give you all their authority and splendor, it's interesting that Jesus didn't say to him, whoa, 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 you can't do that. I mean, th that's not yours to give. Jesus didn't push back at all. Why? Well, because there are plenty of, of verses in the New Testament that show that the devil does have and did have some authority on earth as a result of sin. And so the reason that Jesus came was to reclaim that authority on earth. And he accomplished that through his sin and, and through his, his, or sorry, through his death and through his resurrection. And then after he rose again, we know that Jesus, his last words to his disciples are known as the great commission. And it's found in Matthew 28, verse 18. And it says this, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. See, the authority that used to belong to humans that you gave up in your sin that, that the enemy had control over is, is now back under my control. And this is one of the reasons that I came. See, the battle, the battle has been won over Satan. The battle has been won over sin. The battle has been won over the power of temptation in our lives. But in this moment, between the devil and, and Jesus, Satan is, is offering Jesus a shortcut. So Jesus, just take this shortcut. I mean, it, it can all be yours now, right? Just think about it, Jesus. No cross, no pain, right? There's no beatings, no blood, no sin of the world upon you, right? You don't have to go through any of that. You can have all of this right now and avoid it all. It's why you came. I can give it to you now. You'll end up exactly where you want to be, but without all of the sacrifice. See, Jesus is human. And so this has to be a very tempting thing. No pain. I mean, the thought of, of not breaking his mom's heart, right? Of not being separated from God. See, at some point, at some point in all of our lives, we are going to face the temptation to take a shortcut. We're going to end up in that place where we feel like the only way this is going to happen is if, is if I make it happen. Maybe if I cheat in, instead of studying, right? I, I've, I got to get into this school. I've got to pass that test. Maybe it's taking a, a shortcut with our dollars or in our relationships, maybe with our spouse or, or with our kids, maybe towards my career, whatever it is. Look at what the devil said next. In verse seven, he said this, if you worship me, it will all be yours. If you just 
Submit to my authority. Jesus, I'll give you even more authority. Jesus, 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 right? It's no big deal. I mean, we're not talking about forever, right? We're just talking about just right now, just in this moment. And look around, Jesus. There's nobody here. Nobody's watching. Nobody else is paying attention. If you just worship me for just a moment, if you take all that you know to be true, all that you value, all of the, the things that you know that are right, if you let your devotion to God go just for a moment, Jesus, all of this can be yours. And once it's yours, then you can go back. You can go back to your righteousness. You can go back to your values. You can go back to being the example to all of the people that you are. See, this is a very real temptation because there will come at least one opportunity in your life for you to take a shortcut, to compromise temporarily, maybe even to pursue the right thing, but to do it in the wrong way or to do it at the wrong time. So the lie is to believe that it's, it's just for a moment. I mean, once I get what I want, right, then I'll go back to really who I really am, right? I'll, I'll go back to what I believe. I'll go back to my devotion to God. For those of us that have been around a while, for those of us that have taken shortcuts like myself, those of us that have made those little compromises in our lives, we've sacrificed what's important for what's immediate. Here's what we know. It always costs us so much more than we ever thought it would. So the temptation to take a shortcut, it's real. I heard a comedian say this once. When, when I was a kid, I used to pray at night for a bicycle, and then I realized that that's not how God worked. And so I just stole one and asked him to forgive me. <laughs> and I think for a lot of us, right, we, well, that's a funny joke, but for a lot of us, we live that way. In fact, there are some of us right now, I really believe that we're in that situation where we're just thinking, yeah, you know what? That might not be a bad way out. If I just take the shortcut, if I just compromise, then I'll get what I want. I'll ask God to forgive me and, and I'll just go back to being who I was before like nothing happened. See, the moment that you take a shortcut, you choose to worship that person or that thing instead of trusting your father. Instead of trusting your father to come through and to provide in, in his timing the way that he wants to, to really trust that he knows what's best for us. Andy Stanley says this, a temptation is always more than just a test of your self-control. It's a test in your trust in God. Can I trust God? Can I trust my father to come through on the promises that he's made? But I want you to notice in this too, though, there's a, there's a pattern that Satan tends to use. Satan kind of says things like this. Let me, let me show you, right, what you're going to get out of this. Let me show you the reward. Let me show you the benefits package, right? Like the gains that, that come from this. Ignore the fine print. Don't worry about that. Let me show you the good things. You go back to the original sin in the Garden of Eden. Look at, at Genesis chapter three, verse one. It says this. Now the serpent, that was the devil, that, that's Satan, says was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Now, she actually added a little something there that God never said in the first place. And I want you just to remember that in, in just a minute. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and that that you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, 
She took some and she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and, and he ate it. See, Satan told them all the benefits. Really, a loving God wouldn't do that to you, would he? Surely a loving God would want you to be better. He would want you to be smarter. He would want you to be more like him. And this is what happens in, in every temptation in our lives. The rewards look so good. It may even be the right thing for you. But it's always presented first, right? The reward's presented first. And, and the fine print is always kind of there trailing along after. It's kind of like those drug commercials on TV where they, the guy starts talking really fast near the end, right, of all the, the side effects. This drug will fix your baldness, but your left arm will fall off, your kidney will turn inside out, and you have a good chance of dying, right? And you're like, what? Did I just hear something about my kidney in there? And, and those are the things that we face. Look at Jesus' response to this. Luke 4, verse 8, he said this. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. See, Jesus responds by quoting from the Bible or his version of what he had at the time. And it goes all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter six, when the nation of Israel, they've been freed by God from slavery in Egypt and, and God leads them to, to the promised land, right? This, this amazing place. And as they're about to enter, they're going to start this new nation and new families and new businesses and a new economy and new homes, like all of this, all this incredible stuff. And Moses reminds them, hey, when you go in, when you become a nation that's known all over the world, you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted to take shortcuts to forget the God who's provided all of this for you and, and who got you here in the first place. Deuteronomy 6, verse 10 says, When the Lord your God brings you to the land, he swore to your fathers, to, a to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities that you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, Fear the Lord your God and serve him only. See, do you, do you notice the difference there between Eve and, and Jesus? See, Eve wasn't confident in what God said, and as a result, she gave in to temptation. But Jesus was very confident in the words of God, and he was able to resist temptation. There's something else, too. You remember back at the very beginning, we, we talked about in Jesus' baptism when, when God said, this is my son whom I love, with, with whom I am well pleased See, Jesus was also able to resist temptation because he knew, he knew his identity. He knew he, who he was. He knew what God had said to be true about him. So let me ask you this question. What is it that you want so bad in your life that you're willing to trade what's most important to get it? So you're gonna face temptations. You're gonna face temptations to give up what's important for what's immediate, the skittle that's right in front of you. But Jesus showed us how to respond. He said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus also gave us this promise in Matthew 6, He said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. See, when you put God first, when you put his ways first, when we worship God, when we trust that his promises will come true in our lives, when we are devoted to God and devoted to the mission that he has called us to, he will provide everything that we need to resist temptation, but everything else that we need in our lives as well. Now, again, just to be clear, not necessarily everything we want, but everything 
that we need. So here's the bottom line. When we're tempted to take a shortcut, we need to trust God and do the right thing the right way. When you're tempted, I want you to stop and I want you to ask yourself this question. To gain what I want, what is it gonna cost? What is it gonna cost me if I do this? It may be the right thing, but is it, is it the right way? Is, is this the right time to do it? If I do this, I, I'll get to where I wanna be immediately and, and, and I may even avoid some obstacles on my way, but, but what do I have to sacrifice? Do I have God's peace if I make this decision? There's a story in the Old Testament about David and, and Saul, and we don't have time to look at it, but the, the short version is this. Saul was king, and, and Saul was not living the way God wanted him to, and, and so God promised David that he was going to be the next king, and Saul knew that. And so Saul was trying to kill David, and one day David, David's hiding in a cave, and Saul comes in, and, and David has the opportunity to take out Saul. He has the opportunity to, to claim what God has promised him to take his rightful place as king. And look what he says in 1 Samuel 24. The Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. David said, you know what? I'm, I'm not gonna take a shortcut. If God promised it, then I'm gonna trust that God is gonna come through in his way and in his timing, but I'm gonna trust that God's gonna do what God said he was going to do. I don't know what your obstacles are. I don't know what temptation you're facing to, to maybe take a, a shortcut around, but, but this question will help us make the best decision in the moment, and at the very least, it will at least cause us to, to slow down enough to not make a, a terrible decision that we're going to regret later. When we choose to trust God, to do things his way, we get what he had planned for us and, and we stay connected to him. We get to stay devoted to God throughout that entire thing. See, we get both of those things, but, but when we choose to take a shortcut, I may get what I want, but I have no idea what God had in store for me. I have no idea what it is that I'm missing out. And and I will be disconnected from God in the process, which means I really get neither of those things. When we're tempted to take a shortcut, trust God and do the right thing the right way. Will you bow with me as we pray? Father, we just wanna say thank you. God, thank you so much for Jesus. That in, in his life and in his death, he accomplished everything to, to set us free from the penalty and from the power of sin in our lives. God, we're so grateful. There's nothing that we have to do to earn that. It's your grace, it's, it's your perfect love for us that we simply put our faith that Jesus is God and through his death, through his resurrection, that he accomplished everything so we could be forgiven and restored in our relationship with you. But Jesus, we also wanna say thank you. Thank you for your example. You were 100% human. And so you understand the temptations that we face and we can find comfort in that today. God, you modeled for us how to say no, how to, how to not take shortcuts even though, even, even though our, our gratification may be delayed. You showed us that, there's, that the reward that's waiting for us is so, is so worth it, is so much greater than anything that we could achieve on our own. So God, would you give us the wisdom to identify the, the shortcuts that we're tempted to take in our lives. God, would you forgive us for the times and the, and the ways in which we have already taken shortcuts? God, would you give us the courage and would you give us the strength to trust you 
and simply do the right things the right way and in the right time. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much. We pray all these things in your perfect name. Amen. We're so grateful. Thank you guys for checking in with us this week. We hope you have an incredible week. If there's any way that we can help you, feel free to email us at help at gethope.net. We look forward to seeing you right back here at gethope.tv next week. Have a great night.